Welcome to the first ever episode of what I'm calling the Planet X Pod. My guest today, a friend, a podcaster, a fellow nerd, Mr. Jason Bro. Jason, welcome to Planet X. I am excited to be the first, the guinea pig, the beta test of Planet X podcast. Thank you for having me, Kyle. I'm going to poke and prod. So I'm calling our first episode, or episodes like this, where we're going to be uh, interviewing fellow nerds, fellow podcasters, people producing content, calling it a little segment called Know Your Nerd. So I love it. And just to put your bona fides out there, you are currently a part of two podcasts. I have that right? Two podcasts, yeah. So uh, I have my first and probably my baby is uh, This Dad Does Disney podcast, where I've been doing it for about a year and a half, which is crazy to think about when I, yeah, like just crazy. I've uh, been doing it for about a year and a half, which is pretty much Disney content and universal content from a dad's perspective. And then my Second one, which is more like my side bay, but I love it just as much. Uh, Tonight We Marvel, where a group of guys, group of friends of mine, uh, Brett, who leads the gang, our host, uh, but we have Brett, Cody, Nathan, Cullen, and myself. We talk all things MCU, uh, where me and Brett are more the comic book junkie side of it, and Nate, Cody, and uh, uh, Cullen are absolutely the MCU side of it. I've listened to both pods excellent content uh thank you and what i really like about this dad does disney uh i mean i know you approach it from a dad's perspective but i will admit i'm someone who's never been to disney but i find a lot of value in what you say i do hope you do a future episode because i know you and your wife recently went just the two of you right right i i would love a future episode for an adult guide just putting that out there as a fan so what to do when there are no kids in tow yeah uh that has actually been probably one of the more requested ones which we will be doing on season three that will probably be i'm trying to get uh actually a friend of both of ours uh michael mann who is a dad as well that um has been to disney for the last 25 years he is a disney enthusiasts uh but him and his wife actually go pretty frequently by themselves where this recent trip where me and blair went was kind of new to us we've always went with family so to have a solo adult trip there's a it's a completely different experience and uh, so you could be on the lookout for that on season three of this dad at disney i will wait with bated breath now aside from your love of disney i mean what what about disney i guess sort of inspired you to want to do a podcast you know about really the park experience and particularly the park experience with kids no, so I'm a late bloomer to Disney. A lot of people don't realize that that I didn't go to I was 30. So Disney was not something I did as a kid. Um, I, I love the content, obviously. Um, my favorite movie of all time, and I mean of all time, not just Disney related, is Lion King. So I, I know like I know Disney content pretty well, but I I wasn't a park goer until I was 30, until Jackson, my first kid, was born. And what kind of inspired this dad does Disney was the fact that. When before going on that trip, like all the content, all the tips and tricks, everything I looked for was really like, I hate to say it kind of sexist, but it's, it was mom content. It was mom groups and mom blogs and 
there was dad stuff out there, but it was not very thorough and it was not very geared towards like the dad side of things and also presented in a fatherly way, which dads are, you know, obviously dad jokes and short sighted and funny and goofy and silly, but also, you know, very to the point with things. And so uh, the idea of this dad did did, uh, this dad does Disney came out because I wanted to do a podcast. I've been wanting to do a podcast. So um, I just wanted to talk from my heart and just kind of my, like, straight shoot people about Disney and give my opinions. And sometimes I don't agree with what Disney does and just have a kind of a place of vulnerability and trust with the audience and allow them to hear from a father's perspective. But yeah, I just want, I didn't think that content really existed in um, trying to find a niche because you're, you know, Kyle, as you know, you're starting your podcast. Like there's a lot of nerdums out there that do a lot of different types of podcasts. And you have to think about like what makes your brand and what makes your stuff different. And so started off like that and it's kind of evolved and changed if you've listened from season one to season two to now season three uh it's different it's still different but there's still kind of the essence coming from a dad's perspective so that's kind of what got this dad does disney started and but yeah my nerdum around disney has always been content until i went to disney and now obviously you know i'm very fortunate we go to disney at least two to three times maybe even four times a year uh, we go to Universal as well. That's something else we've expanded on. I love Harry Potter and all things Harry Potter. I would actually say that's my number one fandom of nerdum. Uh, so yeah, so um, it's been it's been a wild ride. I didn't think for two seconds like I anybody outside of family would listen to it, and now I have a Patreon, which is weird. Like I have people actually. Uh, giving and it's very small. Like I, I don't make any type of money to live off of. It's a hobby at best. But uh, but people willing to actually pay to have you know direct contact with me is very weird and strange. And uh, yeah, super. It's 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 surreal, but it's fun. Like it's and it deeply humbles you. And you'll learn this. Obviously, your podcast is going to be awesome. So like you'll like people when they listen and care about your content. It, it, it it's super humbling and it makes you want to do more just for them. Even if it's one person, like I love it. Most excellent. Let's. So Harry Potter, that's obviously, I, I think when you think of like sort of current things, people are into sort of like the big fandoms, you know, you've got star Wars, you've got MCU, you've got Harry Potter. What is it? about the wizarding world that kind of makes that your number one so harry if uh, you know spoiler alerts right and which is kind of funny even to say about harry potter but uh what i identified with harry was like i we were a poor family like we didn't go on vacations uh you know um i had a kind of weird childhood and i kind of related with harry in some aspects and and once again i did not read the books when they first came out i was quote unquote, too cool for that at the time. And I wasn't introduced to Harry Potter until college. It was my 102 British lit class that we had to read a Sorcerer's Stone with the filter of racism. Uh, it was a, an assignment. And um, I was a, a cabana. <laughs> I was a cabana bartender inside of Hammond, Louisiana, which is hilarious to even say that out loud. But I was a bartender <laughs> and, um, and I was reading the books because I had the morning shifts where not a lot of drinks were served. Uh, so I was kind of the opener for that time and I would read Harry Potter and um, fell in love with the character and then the lore of it and kind of what it was like it was I read it from a mature standpoint and obviously I love magic and things like that and uh, but I loved more what it meant and the escape and what 
you know, Harry was meant for more, but he, with this humble upbringings, and then he found out that he had these abilities and in and, and this whole different world perspective that he could jump into and become more for, like it fascinated me. And then obviously the more you read, the darker it turned into, and you started to understand more threats and more what Harry has to do to kind of resolve this wizarding war. And yeah, Harry is a very uh, interesting character. He's not my favorite in the group, like as I've read it several times now, but Harry Harry's grown on me and the things that he has to do to obviously not only protect himself, but his family, but the whole wizarding world in general. Like, I just love that content. And now having kids that are now my oldest is interested in it. Like I can vicariously live through them with it. And like, just, it's just good content. It's not as wholesome, but it's great. It's great content and still grows on me. I'm still learning from it. And it's just very precious to me. I, I love that content. You know, when you were mentioning, like, kind of turning your nose up at it when it came out, uh, I identify with that. And what's weird is, like, I was sort of already in that camp when those books were coming out, you know, as a teenager, right? So I think you and I are relatively the same age. So, but I remember seeing, uh, I mean, I will definitely age myself, uh, seeing, like, a B. Dalton bookstore uh, in the Alexandria, Louisiana Mall. <laughs> but... This is the time when uh, your humble host is ripping open packs of Magic the Gathering at an alarming rate. So seeing a boy <laughs> wizard was like, yeah, it's kid stuff. So, but I too was exposed to Harry Potter in college. Uh, and I, I went to a movie night that one of the like student orgs at Centenary not to be confused with seminary. Right. That's different. Centenary. Very, very different. You're right. In Shreveport, Louisiana. I went with a girl I had a crush on. Uh, but my like for Harry Potter is the only thing that lasted <laughs> past that movie. So they were... <laughs> in fact, I want to say I saw uh, Chamber of Secrets first. Okay. So And then had to go back and watch Sorcerer's Stone. But... Yeah, so I didn't re I didn't watch any of the movies. I um I read the book. I would read two books and then I'd go back and watch a movie because I heard about overlap, and I didn't want it spoiled. So yeah, I would I read you know Sorcerer's Stone, then Order of the Phoenix, and I mean I Order of the Phoenix, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, which is my favorite book, and like I'd read two books and then go back and watch the movie so I wasn't spoiled. And I got all the way up to and I mean we're yeah I'm 36. I'm gonna be 37 this year. But yeah, I, I didn't start reading them until I was like 20, in my early 20s. But uh, but I was very fortunate because I was able to binge until I got to, um, Half nah, no, it was Order of the Phoenix, I think, or Half-Blood Prince. Um, I, I was able to get to almost the end. I, I did have to wait for the final book to come out to get that book uh, and the final movies, which were two part. It was a two part on the same book, but uh but so I got to celebrate, I guess, with the fandom at the end of it uh, when it all came out. But I was able to binge a lot of it before before that point. Oh, yeah. I was I was at Walmart for Deathly Hallows when they were ripping yeah. open the box to make it available, like through elbows for my copy <laughs> and read it. I, I that was one of the few books I can say I've read in one sitting. Like I went home, I cracked it open and I read it cover to cover in the same Dang. day. Like, it was an exhausting day. Emotionally, the eyes definitely had to sleep after that. But 
uh, yeah, it went from something I was completely almost turned off by to like, I gotta have it. Now you mentioned, you... Oh, go ahead. I, I remember reading that book and being frustrated because I didn't want it to end. Um, and uh, anybody who knows me, I'm, I, I, when I love something, I don't want it to end. Um, you can ask ex-girlfriends that too. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I, like if I, so, uh, so yeah, so it was one of those books that I had to stop reading halfway through because I just didn't want, I didn't want it to end. I didn't want the universe to end to me. And that's what I guess the online community and the local community of Harry Potter's kind of helped me through that because, I was afraid when I finished that book, it was over and I didn't want it to be over. And I was kind of like, so, uh, but yeah, uh, I remember reading halfway of the book, stopping and like waited a week until I was kind of convinced that, hey, finish it. And then I finished it. And then, yeah, same. It was emotional. It absolutely was. Uh, I'm familiar with the feeling you just, you said you didn't want it to end. It, I didn't necessarily experience it with Harry Potter. I experienced it with another series called Wheel of Time. Uh, sadly, underappreciated. We are going to finally get uh, a television adaptation of it through Amazon. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping they do it well. Uh, but, you know, uh, that's kind of what I was reading when Harry Potter first came out. Uh, you've got, God, I think the series is like 14 books. The shortest of which is probably six, 800 pages long. So it's a lot of content and like major roadblock in the series. Uh, after the I think 10th book, the author dies of amyloidosis. Oh, but he had had, he had been diagnosed years before he knew what was coming. So he leaves detailed notes for his widow who hands it off to a, a sci-fi fantasy writer named Brandon Sanderson he finishes the three the three last books based on the author's notes and honestly delivers three fantastic books. So that was going to be my question to you. I was like, did it, was there a drop off between two authors taking it over? But you're saying they're fantastic. That's, that's rare. That's rare that you could share con like do that and succeed. So that's awesome. Now, the last book literally called A Memory of Light. It was one of those that I was like, I don't I don't want to finish this book because I don't want this world to end for me right now. Wow. So I love it. Hopefully Amazon does it justice. Uh but at the same time, we've always got the books, right? Right. I always and, go back and read them if I want to dedicate another ten years of my life. Yeah. And, and Harry Potter is that like, obviously I enjoy the books more, but, and I don't want to be a snob, the movies are great. Like they're, they're really, really good. I think you have a more appreciation after you, if you read the books first than that, because I think in your head, you need to create those characters. Like, even though um, Daniel Radcliffe does a great Harry Potter and ages well in that, but like when I read the books, he didn't look like that to me and that's okay. Like, I, I think, like Hermione looks different in my brain and uh, Ron and some of these characters, but I can appreciate the on-screen adaptation of it. And, and it's great for what it is, you know, but I have my own Harry Potter. I have my own Hermione. I have my own Ron, which is okay. And um, you can have both. And that's, what's wonderful about imagination. Absolutely. Now you mentioned Harry's not your favorite character. So who is your favorite character from the wizarding world? It is very easy and it is serious black. Uh, I love 
what they did and it's heartbreaking <laughs> once again spoilers if you've never read harry potter but like everyone everyone's had their chance if you exactly if i was about to say but listen I'm... to this and be like, he's ruining <laughs> harry potter like right. where have you been where have you been exactly but you know obviously we want more people coming to the magic as much as possible but like serious black from his misunderstood introduction to his his passing away and death ripping ripping the heart out like there was three times that i remember crying reading those books and that was one like i did not want harry finally had a family finally and it was just like oh it was brutal but he was just mischievous he he was exactly what like he he brought the most out of harry and that's what i loved about Sirius black he was just great from being that he knew his family was on the wrong side of the um the political scene that was going on inside of Harry Potter and like rebelled and like went to the Potters for refuge to, you know, obviously being misunderstood and falsely arrested, you know, to, you know, protecting his obviously nephew and his clinging piece of like, even God, man, it's so emotional. Like he even calls Harry by his dad in the final battle he was in. Like, it's just such love series black. I think he's fantastic. And And then Haggard Haggard is my second favorite, you know, just, just uh, the bundle of goodness and innocence that Haggard is and his loyalty to uh, obviously Hogwarts and Dumbledore. Like that's the kind of person I, I'm just an extremely loyal person, which I can identify with Haggard tremendously. And uh, obviously is a goofball and lost his wand, but you know, Dumbledore being Dumbledore found a way for him to keep it in his umbrella. Like it's just, it's all around goodness, but Sirius Black by far favorite character of the books, love him and also love his relationship with Lupin. Like it's just good stuff. So whenever someone is going to hear that you're a Harry Potter fan, I think the inevitable question is like, what's your house? If you're a serious black fan, are we going to, and you're loyal, are we going to, you, you, you're a Gryffindor? I, I am a prefix of a Gryffindor. Like I am that I, I am a Gryffindor through and through. Um, 100% like I wanted to be and it wasn't because of Harry he was, he was exactly that like I, I'm all encouraged and loyal like that's very very much me and like if you know me for 30 seconds you'll probably understand that so yeah I I, I wanted to be a Gryffindor like I like if the sorting hat was on my head I would be Gryffindor Gryffindor Gryffindors just like Harry was like but yeah I'm 100% a Gryffindor well I uh I'm gonna say I'm a little bit more ambitious and conniving so I'm all about that Slytherin life. And that's okay. My sister is also a Slytherin. And so we, we, we love each other and we are house divided and that's okay. And, and I think you bring up a good point, Kyle, like not all Slytherins are bad. There's great Slytherins. Um, so, Harry you know, we've also very easily been a Slytherin. Yeah. And I would also say like Peter Pettigrew was a bad Gryffindor, you know? Uh, so like Griffin, your house does not determine what type of character you are. Your actions do. Um, and so, uh, I, so yeah, there, there was good people fighting, uh, good, good Slytherins that, uh, fought on the good side of, uh, the war. And there's also bad Gryffindors that did. So it's not, it's not as plain as black and white, which that's what I love about Harry Potter. It's not good versus evil in the sense of houses. It's by far, you know, what you believe in and what your actions are. I feel like I've seen rumors recently of an adult like reboot of Harry Potter. So, so I mean, right now we've got the Fantastic Beast movies. Mm-hmm. I think those have mixed reviews. I think that's fair to say. Uh, yeah, I, I personally am a fan. I enjoy it. Uh, 
I enjoy the first one. The second one gets a little beaten off the path. Um, I, I have some pretty big critiques with it. Um, but I think once again, like any trilogy, which it, it's actually rumored to be like five to six movies, but with any, you know, movies, like I think Newt Smander, I, I, I think he's phenomenal. Like, I think the character is really great. Um, but I, I like with his, you know, brother being Maxis and stuff like that. I think it's a really good adaptation of what it's trying to be. Um, but also like, you know, people love what you call it. Um, people uh, love. Um, what is it up? Uh, love like trilogies like star wars right but like you know everything builds to return of the jedi right and like at the end of the day like the, the bad people need to win a little bit to make a compelling story and so but i just don't like some of the rule breaking of it but i'm also not a very popular person when it comes to harry potter theories because i think it's okay to go away from jk's vision um I think she created a world for us to play in and it's okay to play with that. You don't have to be married to some of the laws, but they, they do bend a couple things that you, you're just going to have to hope as a viewer and a appreciator of the content um, that they're, they're going to make sense of it at the end. And I think sometimes as uh, Harry Potter heads that we are like, we sometimes don't trust when someone is making decisions because we have our own feelings attached to it. So you just got to kind of hope at the end of it, that it's going to be okay. And they're going to do a great thing. Cause we know where it's going. It's going to the Grindelwald, uh, Dumbledore final battle. That's what everything is leading up to when it comes to fantastic beasts and what happens there. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on it, but I think with COVID and obviously now Johnny Depp is not uh Grindelwald anymore. Uh, they've recast it, um, which is fine. Cause they recast the Dumbledore in the middle of the Harry Potter series. So, I mean, why wouldn't you recast Johnny Depp, which Johnny Depp was doing good. Good. I'm, I'm not a crazy Johnny Depp fan, but, um, but yeah, with that being said, I, I think I'm excited. I do like the fantastic beast movie. I like, uh, I like what it's doing and any new content is about that. Now you brought up the rumor of the adult Harry Potter. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm here for it. I'm going to watch it. Um, I, I'm, I guess I don't know enough to be, ultra critical i just never want to be that fan that's like uh, because like you know mandalorian came out and i'm like i like star wars but mandalorian like is literally what has sold me on star wars recently and i'm i know this is very unpopular but i'm a new trilogy fan more than i probably am the other three uh, other two trilogies i will all right Guys, that's it for today. <laughs> this episode is over. We're going back to the drawing board. So I think uh you know what I would love to do with you down the line? I'm gonna I'm just gonna invite myself to your party. Uh like crossover Planet X, this dad does Disney for uh May the fourth. Yeah. Share all of our thoughts, complicated as they may be. You got some heat for you got some heat for saying Phantom Menace is one of the best Star Wars movies. I'm just letting you know. I had people reach out to me that were like, "Wait, Kyle thought that was a big deal," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm dude. Kyle is a Star Wars man. I will defend Phantom Menace to the end of my days. I know it has. No one likes Jar Jar Binks, which I disagree, and we agree on that. I think he is by far one of the most. Misunderstood I, characters in Star Wars. I I, I love him. I think here's he, what he's... I've never heard because I saw I saw Phantom Menace as a 15 year old. 
I saw Phantom Menace as a guy. I mean, I'm born in 83, right? Mm-hmm. Jedi was already out, but I got to watch those original movies on TV. Pretty as close, a kid. yeah. Right. And then I got to see the re released versions, you know, come out when I'm in junior high. So I'm like, I'm already, I wasn't Phantom Menace's target audience when it came out. Mm-hmm. They were going for, you know, more like the, I would say, seven to 10 year olds, right? All right. the marketing, backpacks, lunchboxes, stuff like that. They were going for a younger audience. Jar Jar wasn't for me. But Qui Gon freaking Jin. Come on. <laughs> and what what I especially love about Phantom Menace is when we see the Republic crumbling but functioning. I love things I love to see things sort of teetering on the edge. And what I really love is the original trilogy like extolled the Jedi, right? We wanna we wanna bring back the Jedi. Phantom Menace showed us how the Sith operate. And they're they're behind the scenes. You get to see Palpatine as the puppet master, like on the screen, versus in Rise of Skywalker, where it's just like, oh yeah, he was there the whole time too. <laughs> so, but we'll save that for another uh, another time. I'm just gonna say I was uncomfortable the way you said Sith with so much passion and, and indulgence that, yeah. Like that made me a little nervous, but I, I, what I love about Star Wars is balance, and I think with any storytelling, like you're right, the original, the, the 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 new, not the new, but the middle of the trilogy, really focuses on how the Sith and how that came to be. Which is someone as a, like I am a Star for Star Wars fan light. I, I, you know, I always say if a scale to one one to Kyle, like I put you at the ten, I'm a solid six. Like I'm right there. Like I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the content. Uh, Mandalorian has definitely put me more of a six than I was probably like a four or five, but, uh, but yeah, uh, the, the dark side, there has to be both. You can't have one or the other, like it has to be balanced, which is good. And that's what I enjoy about their storytelling. Now, one point you were making on Harry Potter is maybe JK's hands aren't the best hands. And as you know what, as a star Wars fan, a uh, star Wars fan, I'll identify with that. Cause Obviously, you have feelings when the series is taken away from George Lucas, but seeing what's come out of the marriage of John Favreau and Dave Filoni, like sometimes you just like oh, good you is gotta that? take that leap of faith and basically trust a super fan, like a super fan who knows Hollywood. What can what stories can they tell? And what I love about Harry Potter that I think ha- it has in common with Star Wars is it's a big canvas to paint on. So you've got a whole galaxy. You've got this whole other society and world. There's a lot of stories that you can still tell within that world. And we all need to realize maybe JK isn't going to be the one who tells all of them. And that's okay. I perfectly said, came and add to that. I a hundred percent agree. And everything that goes on, it's always gonna be a nod to George, right? Like George, there wouldn't be this without George Lucas. So, same thing with JK. It's okay to nod to JK and have like she's provided the canvas. And so as as fans, as much as we care about this content, we have to be good stewards of the content and we have to trust that the people that are directing know that. It's a big responsibility. You don't 
just pick up someone on the side of the street and go, Hey, I need you to do this to propel this world. Like they're going to make great decisions and it's fine. And I a hundred percent agree. And I think that's why the new trilogy of star Wars gets so much slack. And yeah, I, I get it. Like, it's not great. I'm not saying that it's just perfect content, but it's going to get better because look what the Mandalorian did. Like the Mandalorian did for star Wars is just, amazing it's it's brought up a whole new fan base in and made us like i've how many times have i texted you going okay who's this or who's that it made me go want to read and learn a little bit more and i think with marvel i have some concerns about marvel and which we'll probably talk about here but like being the next star wars because Star Wars is an intimidating fan base. Uh, they're very passionate and very vocal about their passion and also will make you feel like a noob, which makes me made me for years not go, go, I'm, I'm good with Star Wars because there's just so much content overload to feel like you're a quote unquote true fan. Like you, you have to be well-versed in it where Mandalorian for Star Wars made me go. It's the perfect gateway drug to Star Wars where it makes you want more. You can go get more. And it's just fantastic. But if you don't want to learn more, that's completely fine. You could just watch the Mandalorian and enjoy the hell out of it. And it's completely good. Like, so I'm, we'll talk about what Marvel can do with that. that. Is the perfect analogy for Mandalorian. One last thing to ask about on Harry Potter. As a fan of the books, as a fan of that world, and this dad does Disney and universal. I believe the Wizarding World is housed at Universal, right? That is correct. What is, what experience is there at Universal for you that most brings that world to life? Like, what's going to be the most immersive experience for the Potterhead? If you are a Potterhead already and you're there and you've read the books and movies and you're, you're just that level of excitement as, you know, myself and Kyle are, it's Ollivander's. So in the movies, obviously Ollivander is the uh, the wand maker uh, that gives Harry his wand. He's also give Voldemort and just about any famous wizard their wands, right? There is a place that you can go in Diagon Alley that you can go have what they call a wand ceremony. So what does that look like? Uh, it's free. You do not need to purchase a wand to do it. Um, but right now with COVID, you have to get on a sign-up list because obviously social distancing. But what it does is that experience, like you said, fully immersive. You go and see the wand choose the wizard ceremony, where what they'll do is you'll have one of the you know Ollivander employees. It's not going to be Ollivander himself, but uh, bring you into that sorcerer stone scene where um, Harry is trying wands until he finds the one that's right for him. And what makes it even more special is they select someone in your group to do the ceremony and get a, a and get a free wand. And it is the very much immersive, just like the movie situation where they 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 give you a wand and they say, try this wand out. And boom, you explode something or lightning or it starts raining or something happens every single time that's different until you find the wand. And when you find that wand, you have the light come down on you. The music plays. And you know that the wand has selected the wizard. Exactly. It's amazing. It's free and you don't have to buy anything. And it's someone in the audience. So it makes it even more interactive. It's not a, another actor or actress that's playing that role. And like most of the time they choose a kid and like one day they'll pick me. I just know it will, but it's not happened yet, but one day they'll pick me, but they'll choose a kid. And like the first one I ever saw was with my sister in universal and the kid starts crying. 
happy tears of emotion because the wine chose them and it was just beautiful it's it's 100 for any hotter uh potterhead that if you go to universal you have to go to diagon alley you do have to sign up like it's it's free but you, it does book out very quickly because of social distancing right now but you, it, it's a must do it's 100 vicariously living that moment and and the actors the they're not they're not called um cast members at universal uh they're called team members but the team members there just brilliantly acted out and make you feel like you're legit in that moment it's amazing okay well i'm definitely going now so thank you for that <laughs> uh universal and it's free well. oh yeah oh, that's, i mean yeah it's free it's you free. don't have to I... buy a one which is amazing like i i just think in the world that we live in sometimes they like obviously you have to have a park ticket so i don't want to make it absolutely 100 free but like but in the world of like add-ons and like you have to pay to do this experience it's it's a free thing with your park ticket you don't have to buy a one you're not even forced to buy one there's no like sales pitch for it i mean the experience itself makes you feel like you want to and i've bought a couple but uh but a but couple. it's amazing yeah yeah i'm a couple jason uh, dual wields the wand <laughs> <laughs> I'm dark. I'm dark mall with my wands, but uh, like but, walk through your house like a vaticadaver, vaticadaver, vaticadaver. <laughs> so funny that you say that. My wife has this beautiful china cabinet with like this like china in there, and that's where I keep my wands too. And she hates it because it's like it doesn't match Fine anything china. in my house. Fine yeah. china and my magical wands. Yes. Uh. So that's really fun. Well, but uh, it's fine. I mean, the thing I take most care. I mean, my entire office is built around making it look like a comic book store. So there's no there's no shame in that. Now, you mentioned picking up Harry Potter in college. Was that the first thing you'd say you were kind of nerdy about? Or were there, was little Jason like into video games or comics? Or were you like more of the sports guy? Did you wear a lot of hats? Uh, so I wore a lot of hats, but you're right. My, my, my first nerdum thing was actually comic books when I was a teenager. Um, so uh, I was a weird kid um, in the sense that I did play sports, but I was not a jock. Um, little Jason had Doc Martens, Jinkos, and chains and eyebrow pierced. Uh, so Jason did not fit in with the jocks, but I was an athletic kid. Um, I was, and I just, I, I liked hitting those. people. Right. I liked hitting people, which were great. Uh, so that was always fun. Uh, so anytime I got to hit people was great. So I did that, obviously. The 90s straight. were great if you were like a, a big teenager because – Jinkos were just comfy jeans for Kyle. Yes, they I don't were have great. To squeeze into like Levi's, like no, just like I'll get the Jinkos. Like now, I'll say for people who are going to listen to this and don't know what Jinkos are, like, Google it. <laughs> yeah, go, we're we're not going to go down the fashion choices. What of you want to understand about Jinkos, though? And actually, I'm going to ask you this question: There's there's Jinkos that were roomy. There were Jinkos that were basically TPs that you wore. So did you go for just more of the baggy roomier I, ones or did you, I was TP my man. Two, you had two, you were walking in two skirts. So I had two pair I had, and I, and I worked my ass off for those two pair and the doc yeah, they Martins were actually no. Yeah. At all. But I like, so I'll be very like, I worked really, really hard for those two. I had a khaki pair because my school didn't have a gene policy. We had a universe. Uh, we had, um, we had a dress code. So I had a khaki pair, which my principal hated because it fit every single rule. And I made sure of it, uh, but they looked terrible to him. So uh, I had a khaki pair and I had a jean pair. My jean pair had the uh, the eight ball with the dice on them. 
Uh, so I was really, but they were all TP. Yeah, they were all TP. Uh, and, um, and I had the chain wallet with them and my dad absolutely hated them. My dad liked it. The idea at first, cause I was working so hard to do save my money for that. And he was like, Oh, okay. Like Jason's showing initiative and all that great stuff. And then when he saw them, he was like, Oh, mm, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was not a big fan. Um, so like I could only wear them in certain outings, but, uh, yeah, Chinko's was my jam. Um, my chain wallet, which was made from Doc a uh, wall. Do you still wear Docs? I don't, but uh, I, I have considered. No, I, I, because they're comfortable I had, at the end of the day. I, I had a pair of brown leather ones that was literally given to me by I forgot even who, and I think they were stolen <laughs> after that. Uh, after I acquired them, I think someone took them from me as well. Um, so, um, but yeah, I do. Lasted throughout high school because we. Like spoiler, went to a private school. You had to wear brown shoes, and so there you go. Like I had one pair of uh, Doc Martin boots I wore basically throughout high school, and I mean they just got better with age. I mean the more worn in they got, uh, yeah. I mean one of my favorite pairs of shoes I ever owned. I yeah, and I had Converse after that. Yeah, I was a Chuck guy after that. I wore Chucks pretty much everywhere after I lost my Docs, but um. But my chain wallet was made from a chain, a dog chain from Walmart um, because my dad refused to buy me one. So uh, I literally created my own chain wallet because that's who I was then. I love it. Now you may. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Planet X podcast. Because we have over three hours of great content with This Dad Does Disney. We've decided to break this episode up into multiple parts. Part two will focus on Jason and I's love of comic books growing up, the MCU, and especially where the X-Men may fit in into that MCU universe. Stay tuned for part three, where we discuss the DC universe, hopes, dreams, predictions for the Snyder Cut of Justice League, and what DC can do to compete with Marvel. Stay tuned. Transmission complete.